0: All right, welcome back to the Rap Examiner podcast. My name is Sean Powers, and we are broadcasting to you from the Empty Skull Ranch out here in sunny old Deer Park, New York. Today, we're going to be discussing the newest Gang album. It's entitled "One of the Best Yet," and this is a what would be considered a posthumous release, as Guru obviously had passed along in uh, 2010 due to cancer at the age of 48 years old. So. This is definitely a swan song type of project. Uh, most likely the last Gangstar album that we'll ever get. So going into this, you know, there's a certain amount of nostalgia um, and a certain amount of reverence for what this duo meant to hip-hop. And um, at the same time, for anyone who kind of followed the whole saga of what went on with Guru and Premier in those last few years, it's uh, it's an incredibly beautiful moment for hip hop and able to being able to hear this album. Okay. Because um, around 2006 gang was quote unquote finished um, guru had more or less felt that he was being shortchanged in, in the relationship in some way, um, not getting the, the shine in the spotlight. Whereas he felt premier was more revered within in hip hop circles and Payment was an issue and um, more than anything, Guru's alcoholism had gotten to be just completely out of control from, from all accounts. And it's not, obviously, I don't know that. I'm just reporting what had been printed, but it was from pretty much, you know, all sources would confirm. Um, And it was unfortunate, you know, because at that point he was not in good health. He wound up coming down, being diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, before you knew it, uh, he was on his deathbed and there was a lot of real shady stuff going on around guru at the time. Um, because this other gentleman by the name of solar who was a producer had kind of come into the picture and by a lot of people was looked at as kind of poisoning guru to a certain extent or enabling him or whatever you want to categorize. It was not looked at as a healthy relationship. And, um, that kind of all culminated when Guru was in a coma. He, uh, there was a note that was on left on his chest that was uh, purported to have been written by Guru. Okay, um, Solar claimed that he like woke up and wrote this note or whatever the case, and it said you know that he was leaving all his, his his legacy and his music and whatever his money was going to be um, to Solar. Obviously, at some point, the medical professionals involved, you know, said that's completely impossible. <laughs> He's been in a coma. And people don't pop up, write a note and go back to a coma. Uh, so that all played out in what was shaping up to be like an ASD court battle. In 2017, Solar and Primo came to an out-of-court agreement that saw, you know, the estate go back to Guru's family and the recordings from that time period, were actually given to Premier, And uh, when that happened, there was a lot of excitement. Not that all of these were going to be, you know, gem-finished songs, but at least that the, the raw vocals were being put in, in the hands of the person who most knew what to do with them, that being DJ Premiere. Um, so Premier had said, look, you're going to get one more Gangstar album, and you could tell that he was approaching it as a chance to give closure to the legions of fans but just as much to himself um and to guru you know and to his legacy and so going into this i uh i had high expectations but not so much because of the other work they had even done it was more because i had a feeling premiere was really gonna pour a lot of his heart into this project and um, obviously that's where the you know most beautiful music is going to come from so heading into this, I was definitely excited to hear what what was going to be on this album. And as soon as you pop it in, you got that classic primo intro, you hear Guru's voice kind of loop throughout like a medley of all their classics, cutting and scratching, premiere really going in on it. And uh, as he had hinted at during some interviews, it felt like a little bit of each era of Gangstar, you know, the earlier years, 86 to 90, where they were kind of finding their sound and then that 90 to 94 run where they just kind of patented that New York sound, you know, which is obviously very interesting is neither one of them are actually from New York. I don't know if, I mean, I'm not sure a lot of people know that, but for those who don't, uh, Premier's from Texas and Guru's from Boston. And somehow these two guys met up in New York and, uh, you know, they put it all together. And, uh, so as that intro goes in, fades out, they come with this first track lights out featuring MOP. So obviously they got a bunch of collabos in the past. And to hear Billy Danes and fame just going, you know, crazy on the ad libs and raw ass beat stripped down. You know, nothing really too fancy here. Just like a shouted kind of hook from Guru, which is kind of unique. Not really what he always did, but it was cool. And um I, I immediately, when I was, when I was listening to it, I said, this feels like, you know how they have vintage wine and then, you know, they say this is from 1994 or whatever. This felt like if they made like, like a vintage hydro <laughs> from, marijuana from uh 94, it's, it felt like smoking that in 2020, you know what I mean? Like it aged well, it was that same, you could tell it was that same roots for that same plant, but. Uh, it just tasted real good. You know what I mean? And uh, so that was nice to hear in the first track. Um, And then it goes right into another track called Bad Name, which is kind of like one of those songs where he's talking about like the state of hip hop, so so to speak, or preserving the real hip hop, which is familiar territory. Something the guru kind of always was a bit of a preservationist of the real shit, if you will. Um, And I thought it was a little bit, I don't know. It felt like maybe it was one of the more incomplete, you know, vocals that he had gotten. Not that it was by any stretch bad, but this was more straightforward and um, it was cool. It fit here. You know, it felt cool, but I can't front as soon as you get into the next track, which is track four, um, and it's called Hitman. Oh, my goodness. I probably rewound this track four times before I got to the next track. And uh, there's a lot of reasons why. As soon as it comes in, it's got that sinister feel, that like mid-90s, 1996 kind of feel to it. And the hard cuts and that little chord progression that's just splashed in there like the way Primo always does, you know? He's so, Guru's so on pocket in this beat. It just flows perfectly. And then when the hook comes, I'm not a guy that usually gets too excited about hooks. I'm more of a verse to verse guy. All right. But if you look on the, on the track list, it says featuring Q-tip. Q-tip comes through in the hook and he brings this whole new vibe of creativity with the way he contributed to it. You know, full disclosure in the last couple of years, Q-tip's become one of my favorite names to see as a featured artist on an album because, you know, he's a child of hip hop and he knows his shit as far as who he's collaborating with, what he needs to bring to that song. So Q-Tip didn't come on here and do like a tribe verse you know. What he did was he had this, like, he does this like spoken word kind of gunshot thing and it almost sounds like a premiere cut and scratch hook. But it's all sorts of like, um, what's what do you call it? Alliteration. Not alliteration. Onomatopoeia. Where you use a word that sounds like, I can't fucking think of the way to describe this. And I call myself a writer. <laughs> um, it's an onomatopoeia. Like where, for example, swish, okay, is an onomatopoeia. It's, the word sounds like the thing it does. Okay. Boom. Uh, anyways. Q-Tip does that on the hook with gunshot sounds and what have you. And it just sounds so incredibly perfect. This is a collaboration I wish would have happened a million more times. And I'm just grateful that I have this record to, to listen to from Q-Tip and Guru uh, over Premiere Beat. It's just phenomenal. Um It makes me also hope that they do more work, Q-Tip and, and Primo. Um And then the next song, What's Real, another one of the... This next song, What's Real, let me tell you something, okay? There's, like, certain landmarks in a premier Guru album and a Gang Star album. One of them, to me, is that the albums would not hit you with their top three songs right out of the gate. They would kind of evolve. Like, it would have, like, a rawness, and then the sounds would build on top of each other. And as the track list would go deeper, you would get, like, the real heavy hitters right in the middle. And I always loved that. Um, the collab was... Historically, have always added to the feel of the album, you know, rather than feel like misfit songs placed in there, you know. So this track, you got Royce the Five Nine, who obviously him and Primo have been working together extensively um, under the name Prime. They've got a couple albums out, and uh, so hearing him on here was a natural fit. And then Group Home, obviously their their roots with Guru and Gangsta so going back to '92. It's just a perfect, perfect song. That's all there is to it. It's a perfect song. It's a, it's a bridge of all the errors too. You got incredible verse from Royce, who, I mean, there's no surprise there, but he mentions in his verse having the ashes of Guru, you know, being in the studio with them while they were recording, which really, it gives this a feeling of like being a tribute without being that sappy kind of we miss you kind of song. You know what I mean? It just feels like literally Guru would be in the studio. If, the, if there was an afterlife, his ashes would be smiling at hearing the song and being like, yeah, that's that shit. So um, I want to take a quick break. We are going to get into a track off the album. I'm actually going to throw that Hitman song on that. I was going nuts about a minute ago featuring Q-Tip and I uh, will be back in a moment. All right. We're back, and I uh, took that time to pour myself a glass of the highly recommended THC honey, lemon, and frozen ginger in hot water. That is my go-to drink, and I can't recommend it enough. Um, so, anyways, back to the album. What follows next, I uh, I was listening, the first time I was listening to this, I was exercising, so I kind of had like, it in. The, I don't want to say in the background, but I, I wasn't looking at the track list as I was listening to it. And all of a sudden I hear this voice and it's a spoken word and it's his son, you know, Guru's son, Keith Kasim Alam, And he just gives a quick little shout out to who he is and who his father is. And I got to tell you, his voice sounds exactly like Guru's. It's fucking spooky because Guru obviously had that super unique kind of baritone voice and his son clearly is his son. I mean, he could use that shit for ID if he needed to. Um, so quick, but dope. And then the next song we get into is called from a distance. Um, I gotta be honest again, man, from a distance sounds like, it sounds like 1996, man. It's just, to me that, I mean, for me, that's the highest praise I can give a song is to say it sounds like 96. Cause that to me was the best era. And this is right there, man. If, if I could ask Primo anything, about this album, I would actually really want to know if any of these beats did come from his stash from that time period. Like, in other words, if he went in and was like, you know, what didn't I use from 96, 97, 95? And then maybe he pulled them out, maybe updated them a bit. But it just, if he's able to really create in that type of a, I don't know, isolation chamber sonically, where he's able to just channel it so you hear people do throwback stuff, but it don't really sound like, it just sounds like a tribute or an homage. I mean, this shit, it, it really feels like it was 96 when he recorded, when he put the beat together. Uh, anyways, From a Distance featured J.Ru, J.Ru the Damager, which is also another frequent collaborator uh, through their careers. So it's great to hear him on here. He had the same energy from that time too. You know, the references to the science and math. For those who remember J.Ru's couple projects from that time period, with The Wrath of the Math and... uh the sun rises in the East He sounds again, right from that time period. And, uh, what else was cool is like, you know, premier was known for using his collaborators vocals as samples in, in future hooks and songs. And when you listen to J roos verse, it's like every sentence sounds like it's going to be used for a hook in the future. You know what I mean? It has that really powerful voice, man. And, uh, Again, a kind of short song, but it's just a direct missile. You know, this is what hip-hop should be right here from a distance. It's just dope, dope song. And from there, um, the next one, we go into Family & Loyalty, which was the lead single. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm not the biggest Jake Cole fan normally. I kind of find it to be boring, <laughs> but... <clears throat> Um, when this song came out, it was promoted as the lead single. So I didn't listen to it when it came out because I wanted to wait to hear it in the context of the whole album. I kind of was like, you know, let's say I'm not digging this song because it's J. Cole. Then I'm going to kind of have a, a bad taste in my mouth about this album. So I'm sure that the way Premiere is going to put this album together, it'll sound fine at that point. But I'm really happy I chose to wait because uh, as this song came on, man, it's it's a beautiful song. It really is. And... Cole adds a lot to it. He, it's a very melodic track. So, after all the aggression of the last three or four songs, it actually is a great time to hear this song. It's, it fits right in there. And again, Guru sounds smooth as fuck, man. He just, he sounds like an instrument more than a rapper to me. It's incredible the way that their chemistry was. And um, you know, like I said, man, Cole, he, he drops some gems in there, and the context. You know, it's it's the stuff that a gangstar record was made of. So it wasn't a reach to put him on here. Um top song. And from there you go right into the other, I guess you could say, you know, questionable feature. Um when you're looking at a track list and you see Neo. You know, you have the thought of, Really, is that is that who we wanted to hear? But you gotta trust the the driver of the car, right? And in that case it's very much DJ Premier's vehicle to drive. And um it's definitely in the same vein of loyalty in 98. I'm not sorry, I'm not loyalty, uh, royalty, the collab with Casey and Jojo. And that came out in 98. So this is, you know, it follows that lineage. I guess you could say what I say. It's as good. No. Um, but it's cool to hear that kind of sound updated. You know, like I said, premier wanted to give a taste of all the errors and, uh, there were a few beautiful collabs that came from this vein. So, It's cool to hear him go into this. And they have a girl on here, you know, that does a verse kind of where it's like the guy verse first is Guru, then the hook. And then the girl rapping back at Guru, which, again, kind of something you don't really hear anymore. Uh, So it was a dope little switch that I didn't really see coming. Uh, It wasn't like sleazy, like, you know, why don't you eat this pussy? You know, (laughs) it was more, you know, just talking about having the beef and broccoli Tim's and shit. You know what I mean? So it's got that. I see, when I was listening to this, I said, man, this feels like a like a, a, a walk through Queens on like a crisp fall afternoon around 4 o'clock. You know what I mean? Like You might play this on the way to the gym to get that workout in before you see that shorty that you've been trying to, trying to get with, right? And you guys are going to get together tonight. So, you know, again, smooth music. It's vibe music. And uh, it's executed well, man. The next one you get is a little interlude from uh, – from the NYGs, and you just hear him talking some shit, but it's it's cool, actually, he talks about the timeline of how they all met, and how Gangstar was kind of like, you know, they got together, people don't realize, back in 86, 86, a long fucking time ago, we're talking 30 plus years, and he kind of talks about how, you know, rappers, and rap in general was much different, and gives a little perspective to, to understand the group with, for those who don't. Already understand it. And it fits well. It gives a little context, but it's not too much. Um next up, you got so many rappers. Now, again, full disclosure, man, I'm a bit of a mark for short two-minute songs. Like, if two min- to me, if a song is about two minutes long, that means there's not going to be a lot of bullshit in it. This is going to be, it's going to be nasty, probably, right? So this beat. And the changes and the way he flips this beat—it's—it's it's just this is master shit. And again, and Primo's been putting out joints, you know, nonstop for years. It's not like he quit in two thousand six. But I can't help but feel he really had that extra extra fire and inspiration because if you listen to this beat and the way that it changes, and it's got this like menacing progression that just like stops and goes to like a stripped down bait break beat. And then towards the end, he kind of puts both of them together and it just fits perfect. It's like, it's like someone who really gives a fuck. That's the only thing I could say it. it, it, You could tell these were not beats that he put together in five minutes, man. These were really crafted on a level to make guru shine uh, the way he should. And it's two, sh- it's two verses, but it's magic. Man. It's like there's nothing about this song that doesn't make you think, God damn, man, these guys, they were the best that did it. They really were one of the best yet, you know? Um, from there, you got Business or Art featuring Kuali. Uh If I had to point to a song that I didn't like, it would be this. Uh, it's not that it's bad. Again, we're talking about a Gangstar album, so it's not gonna be bad, but I'm not the biggest quality fan to begin with. And again, it just kinda feels like this was not a complete song yet like when Guru was giving these interviews, he was mentioning how some of the verses were like fully done and some of it was like raw vocals that, you know, maybe he hadn't finished yet. So for me it didn't just slap five acapellas on some beats you know what I'm saying he had X amounts of work with and he did what he could um this song is put together well it's not a bad song and quality is adult lyricist by you know any measure it's just that it is not my favorite okay so whatever yeah <laughs> um then you got this next joint which is another real short one it's called bring it back here um But what's cool about this and why I'm glad this also had placement on the record is it's something different from Guru. He uses like a real quick style, which you didn't really hear him do a lot. I don't know what he was intending for these vocals to be for. Uh, Obviously, it wasn't fleshed out fully, but it's a cool beat. You know, it's fresh and uh, 50 seconds, whether it's good or bad, it ain't that bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, And then out of nowhere, they... (laughs) Big Shug interlude where he sounds like he's singing some. Man, I didn't know Big Shug could sing, and he, he's got some pipes, man. He really, he really, he really sings on on this little interlude here about Gangstar. One of the best yet. It's just dope. Um, we get to the next track, which is "Take Flight," aka the Militia Part Four. Anyone who's listened to Gangstar knows the Militia series. You know they've had a series of songs that were like collabo tracks. We had Freddie Fox, Big Shug. So to hear them all together on here and hear that Militia series kind of continue to, or culminate here, again, fucking home run, man. Fox to me, Freddie Fox is one of the most unrated rappers of all time. And, you know, I I know that his career was kind of deterred by label politics because he was from that era where if you weren't putting something out on a major, it really wasn't going anywhere. It's pre-internet, I guess you could say. Um, And then he's done a lot since, you know, indie, but the momentum of that early career wasn't there. So to me, it's almost like a real, real treat to hear him on a Gangstar track because that's when he was at his pinnacle. And uh, this is no exception. Fox sounds like a beast on here. So I really enjoyed hearing that. And again, in traditional gangstar fashion, having it tucked in towards the end of the album, it's just like a treat, you know what I mean? Uh the track ends with Bless uh, not sorry, the track. The album ends with Bless the Mike, which is really full circle. Um it's like the perfect final track, last page of a book, Gangstar Legacy. You know, it's a super, super smooth beat, which to me felt more like the Mass Appeal era, uh, step in the arena, you know, from that era, 1990 and Guru sounds incredible. It's very smooth. It's nothing too crazy, but it's like that quintessential gangstar song. And, um, I want to put that on right now and leave that for a minute before we come back with some final thoughts about the album and, um. Check it out. It's Bless the Mic by Gangstar off of their final album, One of the Best Yet. All right, guys. So that's the breakdown track by track, but I just want to speak to the Gangstar legacy and the way this album really came out. And, you know, what I got from this album was that it was beautiful. Um, I know that typically in hip hop, you know, beautiful is kind of a I would say maybe in the in the bottom tier of uh descriptive traits you hear about a hip hop album. But with all that was around this album and the unfortunate passing of Guru in two thousand ten and the fractured relationship between him and Premier and the nasty court battles and just hearing this album, you can hear the passion and the love that Premiere put into it. It's, it's like, you know, there was a lot of interesting things that he said during the interviews around this album. Uh, for example, Guru would come, when they would be doing an album back in the day, Guru would come to the studio and he would put a list of the song titles he wanted on the album before there was anything, which is a very unique Um, process. You know, a lot of artists will either have beats and write songs to them, or maybe they've even got some song, you know, lyrics that they've got written already or whatever the case, but Guru would come ahead of time with like 15 song titles that he wanted the next album to be. And Primo kind of knew what he would know what to do with each of those song titles to make beats from, and that's how they would go. So, he knew what Guru wanted to hear. It was the point, you know, behind that. And I mean, this album really does in my eyes, like measure up to all of their albums in that. I don't know that Guru would be unhappy with this. I don't know that there's anything on here that deviated from what a gang album should and was, you know, throughout their career it's, it's right on target. And to do that so well in a posthumous, you know, release like this is just, it's not easy. You know, he had to take what was left over from, from Guru Sessions and make a Gangstar al- album out of it. And it goes to show how much respect he had for Guru's legacy that no one else is making the name of this album. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not about the features. The features definitely contribute to the whole, but it's a it's a gangster album through and fucking through. Um, when people think of that era of uh, the golden era of hip hop in the in the 90s, where you had that traditional New York sound, I mean it was primo. And this is just an evolution of what. They always did without deviating from that sweet spot that they managed to find. Um, There were certain parts in this album where Guru sounded like he was, I want to say, shredding familiar territory. But the way that it works in in that format, you know, with Primo cutting and scratching and laying down those nasty, nasty, sinister fucking beats, man. They were like menacing. And it just, bald head slick did not disappoint on here, man. You know, it was great to hear the chemistry. It was great to hear the familiarity, but at the same time, it, it just felt fresh. And uh the album only clocks in at about 39 minutes, you know, so it's not a long, long album that you're going to get, you know, monotony, uh, you know, listening to the same kind of shit, it just keeps flowing, it's exciting, it's dope, and, you know, although it's sad to know that, you know, you're closing a book on a piece of hip-hop history, or, or a certain era in hip-hop history, Um, I'm just grateful that Premier was here to be the author of that final chapter, you know, as much as he wasn't a, a writer per se, you know, Guru was the MC, uh, Premier had his fingerprints all over this, you know, clearly, uh, from beginning to end. And it's a fitting, fitting tribute to the legacy of one of the greatest of all time. And I highly recommend checking this album out. Um, Gangstar, one of the best yet. And we're going to leave off with uh, one more track off the album. And I hope you guys enjoyed uh, my breakdown of it. And for those who you know disagreed with certain parts of it, shout me out. Let me know what's up. All this powers on Twitter as always, I'll be back up on here pretty soon to talk about some other fresh shit. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your your days. And uh, that's it.